In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. We continue in our mini-series today on discipleship that we're going to be finishing up next Sunday. And the reason that I wanted to craft a, a little series out of these gospel passages is that I want you to see Matthew's chapter, uh, Matthew chapters 9 and 10 as a unit. Uh, they go together. Rather than kind of bouncing from topic to topic, I wanted to dive deeper into this continued missionary discourse that Jesus lines out here. So we began a couple of weeks ago with the call of Matthew, the tax collector, and how the call of Christ makes us disciples. Then we moved last week to the commissioning of the twelve and Jesus' sending of them into the harvest, and we examined our part to play in God's mission with respect to our vocations. And today, we hear about what our expectations should be as Jesus' disciples. This is some hard stuff. It's hard. When I think about Jesus' conversation with his disciples in this text, I'm reminded of this dynamic of premarital counseling. Now, I haven't had all that many opportunities to do premarital with a lot of couples, but in my limited experience, one of the things that I've learned especially when it comes to young couples, is how much of a challenge it is to get them to understand that marriage is going to be hard. You know, you'd like to think that they're listening to you, but while you're kind of just going on and on, they're kind of staring lovingly into one another's eyes and they are just captivated with each other, right? They're like, yeah, 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 it's going to be hard. Oh, I love you so much, right? That's kind of the dynamic. They're not worried about it in the slightest. And it's only later, whenever they're in the trenches, that they figure out what, what I was talking about. And they'll experience those hardships together, but at the same time, even more joy. And that's kind of what today is about. What is your expectation for Christian discipleship? There's that famous premarital book by uh, Paul David Tripp called, What Did You Expect? It's talking about marriage. Well, for Christian discipleship, what did you expect? Are you under the impression that following Jesus is a painless endeavor that is marked by convenience and personal satisfaction? I think we're all tempted by that picture of the Christian life from time to time. We all fall under its sway. Just go check the Christian bestseller list at Barnes & Noble sometime. Just go look and go browse. Go see what Christians buy into, the vision of the good life that Christians buy into. I guarantee you, if you go right now, I haven't checked recently, but if you go right now, you're not going to find anything about cross-bearing. You're not going to find anything about suffering. You're not going to be finding anything about the, the weight that Jesus lays on us as his disciples. Yeah, that stuff doesn't sell, does it? But Jesus didn't want his disciples, nor does he want us to be naive about what we should expect. So these are hard words, but for every challenge that they pose, Jesus gives us something greater to cling to. He gives us something sure and certain to bank everything upon, namely his confession of us before his Father. 
So that's what we're going to hear about today. And we're going to take up this passage in two parts. Number one, the path of Christian discipleship is paved with trouble. The path of Christian discipleship is paved with trouble. Number two, but the promises of Jesus give us great joy and endurance. First, Jesus' words in this passage teach us that the path of Christian discipleship is paved with trouble. In verse 16, right before our reading today, Jesus told his disciples that they were going to be sent out as sheep amid wolves and that they were supposed to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. They needed to understand the gravity of the situation. They were going to be harmed by hostile people. They were going to be brought before rulers to give an account as to what they were teaching. Think back to last week's text and whenever Jesus looked out, uh, he was ministering to lots of people in the crowds and whatnot. And whenever he looked out on them, it said that he had compassion on them because they were being harassed as sheep without a shepherd. They were being harassed, right? So then Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, pray to the Lord of the harvest. But even though we're going to pray to the Lord of the harvest, I'm going to send you out into the harvest. And so the disciples must have been thinking, yeah, yeah, these people, they're harassed and they they need our help. And now Jesus tells them, but wait, you're going to be harassed. You are going to be among sheep who will easily bear their teeth and become wolves. Now, last week I told you about how each one of us as Christian disciples are uniquely commissioned within our vocations. You have this privilege of carrying the gospel wherever God has sent you. But be sober in your thinking. When you share your faith with others, I'm not telling you to be a coward. I'm just telling you, whenever you share your faith with others, you cannot always expect to be well-received. As a matter of fact, you often won't because we live in a world that is at odds with God and wants nothing to do with Him. Well, well, what if we just, what if we come to people with Jesus' mercy and His love and His forgiveness, right? Surely they're not going to hate us then. Friends, this is exactly what Jesus was doing in his ministry. What was he doing? He was going around, he was forgiving sins, and it ticked everybody off to no end. That's what got him crucified. Him claiming to be the son of God, him claiming to be divine, him claiming the authority to forgive sins for the sake of his blood. People hated it. Some people came to faith, but a lot of people hated it. As we bring God's word to bear in our world, it will not always be welcomed. And it might actually cost us something. Maybe a promotion. Maybe our reputation. Maybe status among our friends, etc. It's, it's not quite the threat that the apostles were facing in their day. Or it, it's not the threat that our brothers and sisters face around the world as I speak right now. But it is something for us to be aware of. And it's one thing for us to know that we face threats from people out there. But hear Jesus' words beginning in verse 21. Here's what he says. Brother will deliver brother over to death 
and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. So in their day, the apostles were facing the very real prospect of being handed over to death by members of their own families. Something that is unthinkable for most of us. But for some of us, we know how this works. There are some among us who have done all that they could to raise their children in the faith and son or daughter grows up, turns hostile, and hates mom or dad on account of their confession of Christ. There are Christians among us who get ridiculed or mocked by their unbelieving spouse on account of Christ. Listen, you're not doing anything wrong. Jesus told us this would happen. You stay faithful. Stay faithful to your confession. And Jesus will see you through. Now compared to our brothers and sisters throughout history, as already said, and even today across the world, we've, we've got it good. All right? we, we don't face the same type of persecution that the apostles did and that even many of our fellow Christians do around the world. But on the other hand, we don't want to be naive. And we don't want to completely discount the unique challenges that you and I face in a rapidly secularizing culture that seems hell-bent on its own destruction. How are we to regard the mockery, the scorn, the, the derision that we will receive whenever we follow Jesus faithfully? How are we to receive it? Should we go chasing after it? That's called a martyr complex. That's called a persecution complex. And I don't think that that's what Jesus is teaching. Matter of fact, here's what he says in verse 23. He says, when they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. So when we can avoid persecution without compromising our confession, when we can avoid persecution without compromising our confession, we should do so. We should do so. But when it's our turn to stand firm, when it's our turn to endure what comes our way for the sake of Christ, we can do so, knowing that Jesus said it would happen. People in Jesus' day accused him of being Satan. What kind of things do you think they're going to say about us? What kind of things do you think they do say about us already in the culture today? We can expect to be regarded as evil by those who hate Christ. You see, whenever you are baptized, you are marked as one of God's own children. So whenever God looks at you, he sees one of his own. He sees one who is covered by the righteousness and the blood of his son, Jesus Christ. He sees, that's my child. But you know what the devil sees? Whenever he looks at you, he sees one that got away. He sees a target 
he sees crosshairs. He's going to come after you, and he's going to use wicked people to do it. But Jesus' words to you today say that you do not have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid to bleed a little bit for the sake of your Christian faith. You do not have to be afraid of what flesh can do to you, as we heard from Psalm 56 in our service today. Why? Because you are covered in the blood of the one who promises to keep you from falling. You are covered in the righteousness of the one who alone gives you eternal life. He is the one who has called you. He is the one who has placed you on this rugged path of discipleship that is paved with trouble. But the promises of Jesus give us great joy and endurance. The promises of Jesus give us great joy and endurance because for everything that troubles us about this passage, Jesus has an answer. He says it three times. Do not fear. Do not be afraid. He says it three times, and for good reason. Every time he says it, he has a reason. Have no fear of those who bring hardship. Why? No, he says, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. In other words, the gospel itself will prevail. Jesus will be proven true. Your confession of him will be revealed as true. Therefore, we don't have to be afraid to be bold in our confession. Proclaim it from the rooftops, knowing that you will receive the exact same vindication that Jesus received whenever he was raised from the dead. Upon his return, friends, kings, the kings of the earth will shut their mouths in awe. The wicked who rejected him in this life, the wicked who are the enemies of the church, will not be able to say one word. But you, you who are righteous through his blood, you who will endure, you will be rewarded. And because of that great promise, you have unshakable joy in this life. Joy that money can't buy. Joy that can't be taken away from you no matter the circumstances. That's what you have in Christ. It's yours. Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body. What can flesh do to me? You see, we don't answer to those who can threaten to harm us in our flesh. We don't answer to those who, who can even harm us with their words or their influence. What is the worst they could do? That's what the psalmist asked today. What can flesh do to me? What is the worst that they can honestly do? We do not serve them or answer them. We serve the one who holds eternal life and death in his hands. The approval of man only gets us fleeting rewards. Temporal stuff, temporal goodies that are destroyed by moth and rust. But the approval of God, brothers and sisters, the approval of God is what governs us. As Christian disciples, that is what motivates us. 
That's what encourages us. That's what spurs us on. And because we have his approval through Christ, we have great joy and we are free from seeking the approval of others. Did you know that you're free? You're free from whatever it is, whatever false thing that your neighbor thinks about you on account of your faith in Christ. You don't have to worry about it. Those who scorn and mock and even attack God's people will have to answer to the one who wields the power to destroy them on the last day. Christ told us that the path of discipleship is paved with trouble. It's hard. Sometimes the troubles of this life especially the ones that arise from from suffering and persecution, they have this effect on us where we start to think that we don't matter. That we don't matter to God. That maybe his ear is deaf to us. You know, my son hates me because of my Christian faith. God must not care. You know, someone cut me out of their life because of my Christian faith. God must not care. I face constant ostracism at my job because I'm a Christian. God must not care. Jesus tells us today that his eye is on the sparrow. To quote the old hymn. Anybody know that one? His eye is on the sparrow? Go listen to that later. It's not a Lutheran one, but it's pretty good. It's true. His eye is on the sparrow. If God intimately knows these birds that were bought for half an hour's wages back then, how much more does he know you? How much more does he know you, the one that he has bought with the precious blood of Jesus? He knows your situation. He cares more than you know and he holds you in his hands. All of your hairs are numbered. Even the ones that fell out in the shower this morning. And as they go down the drain into whatever abyss that they sink into, God has his eye on them. Don't be afraid of the troubles that lie on this path of discipleship because Jesus promises to be with you. He promises to be with you that you may face them with boldness and confidence and security. We rest secure in him. Jesus' promises give us great joy and endurance. We need not fear. We need not despair when anything gets rocky in this life on account of our faith in Christ. We're not doing anything wrong. Now, it's one thing if you bring suffering on yourself because you're an idiot, right? That's not what I'm talking about. Don't be dumb. That's what he says. He says, be as wise as serpents and innocent as doves. But whenever you suffer for the sake of Christ, Jesus told us it would happen. He said that there was, there's turbulence up ahead. But he's in charge. He's the one that's running this thing. He's running the show. And he has it under control. Even whenever it it doesn't feel like it. 
He keeps us on this path of discipleship until that path ends. And when it ends, here is what you will hear. As our Romans passage said, that sanctification leads to eternal life. This path ends with you hearing, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the rest of your master. Not because you've earned it, but because Jesus earned it for you. You see, you have that promise here today. What has been won and secured for you by the Son in His death and resurrection, He has given to you freely by faith. So you need not shy away from a bold confession of His grace in your life. You need not be ashamed of the gospel of your salvation. You may confess Christ freely knowing that it will probably, likely bring trouble that you don't need in your life right now. But you can do so knowing that anything that this world throws at you is nothing in comparison to Christ's approval of you. In our text today, he says that he will confess you before his Father in heaven as you have confessed him now here in this life. Stand firm. Stand with Christ and with his people as his disciple. And fear not the troubles of this life because Jesus and his promises give us far greater joy. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.